Welcome to OceanFit's Onshore Podcast, where Andre Slade, that's me, meets the unordinary people of the open water swimming and water safety community onshore to talk about their adventures, lifestyle and passion for the offshore. In this episode, I met up with Val Kalmakovs, the president of the Keppel Island Swimming Association and the organiser of the Swim Around Keppel. Today I'm talking to Val Kalmakovs. He is two-time Olympian uh, and in a world where long-distance open water swimming is becoming very, very popular, Val has started one of probably the most unique swims in Australia at the moment, the Keppel Island Swim, navigating the great Keppel Island up here just uh, to the east of Rockhampton and Yapoon. Val, you're going to come onto the scene now. Your your event's going to start to become one of the most well-known, I think, uh, especially because of the growth in open water swimming and potentially the, or specifically the long-distance swimming. But your career in swimming goes way back from this, doesn't it? That's, yes, that, yes, Andred. Uh, I've never been an open water swimmer myself. I pretty much was born in the pool deck, not literally, but... My both parents were in the Soviet Union junior national team, and I grew up on the pool deck. I learned to swim. My mom was a coach, and yeah, my whole life is about pool swimming, going to swim meets, training, traveling around, meeting friends. So the open water just became my passion recently, not like maybe five, six years ago, and I absolutely love it, love it, and that's that's the. That's where the swim came from. Just wanted to do something, something fun. But before all that, you're a you're a breaststroker. Yes. Now, in, op- in open water swimming <laughs> or ocean swims, breaststroking is seen as the devil's stroke. It's illegal, yeah. <laughs> Especially Almost around illegal. the boys. If if you're caught breaststroking around the boys, you're uh, you're definitely the devil. So tell me about your your breaststroking career because it took you around the world. Yeah. Well, I swim. I started swimming competitively when I was 11, just the training, you know, three, four, five times a week. And I got more and more. And my first international swim meet, I was 16, so it was 1989. And my last international swim meet was in 2002 for the European Championships. I guess I swam another one in 2006, it was the Masters World Champs, but it really doesn't count. But no, breaststroke and I am. And, uh, yeah, just you're right. It took me all around the world. I went to 11 World Championships, two Olympics, countless World Cups, and uh, European champs and different Grand Prix. And uh, it was just, it was the best, the best time of my life, I guess, when it comes to the sport. A lot of hard work, but a lot of traveling, a lot of new friends, a lot of different places to visit, and just learning and observing different cultures, observing different cultures. Your first Olympics was Atlanta, but probably the most exciting one for Australian listeners was your second one in Sydney. This year we're celebrating 20 years of that. Yeah, that's it. Can you still look back on those Olympics? They, they call them the greatest Olympics ever. Is that how it felt to you? The 96 was because of my first Olympics. The 96 was very just unique and I was all walking around with my mouth open. I couldn't speak English very well. Well, I couldn't speak English at all, really, unless I'll have a couple of beers. I would come up with a few sentences, 
which would make sense to me, but probably not other people. I think I speak the same right now. <laughs> but uh, experience was great. And the swimming wise, I did better in 96 Olympics. That's just the place wise, I got 13th and 200 breaststroke. There were no semifinals or finals. There was just the morning swim, and then you had uh, final A and final B. So I made final B and I got 13th. But again, it doesn't matter, 13th, 20th, just I swam it. And 2000 Olympics, I just missed semifinal. It was the semis already in 2000. So in the morning swim, I got 17th and I missed the semifinals by I think five or six, 100 to a second. And it was totally my fault. It was nothing to do with me not being ready. I just, 150 meters I swam, three, my split was three seconds faster than my best time. And then after the last turn, the guy next to me, his name was Daniel Malik, who was a breaststroker from Czech Republic. He just took off. He had the fastest split on the last fifth out of everybody on that Olympics. And me, instead of just doing my own race and do keep my stroke, I just tried to stay with him and just changed everything and just screw it up. So that's, it happens, unfortunately happened in the Olympics. But besides the swim, I still swim my best time. But uh, yeah, I didn't qualify anywhere else. But besides that, it was awesome. Just the atmosphere, the people, the, it's like a two weeks of massive festivities and watching other athletes and again, meeting new people, seeing friends you haven't seen in a couple of years, just unbelievable. And then I went to Olympic Village a couple of years ago, maybe five years ago to Sydney and took photos in the same spots where we were in 2000 and just compare them. Looked a little bit fatter. <laughs> but um, I think another thing I liked about Sydney Olympics because everything was built with a purpose. So even now, 20 years later, you have all the facilities been used on a regular basis, which is fantastic. Because if you look in some other countries, you know, Greece or Brazil, all those facilities which were built specifically for Olympics, they just destroyed or getting destroyed, which is unfortunate. And you manage your own facility now, or not your own, it's Rockhampton's uh, pool, but you, you manage one of the pools here. But before you arrived here in Rocky, you coached. So you went from being a swimmer to a coach, and that took you to a few places. Yeah, I've been coaching. Well, I started coaching in Moscow because I finished high school. I was, I'm Russian, but I was born in Latvia, which part of Soviet Union. And then in, uh, when I was 16, my mom went to Moscow to get her PhD in coaching and she took me with me. So I finished high school in Moscow and I went to uni in Moscow as well for a couple of years. And that's where I started coaching. Just uh, little kids, just the beginners, you know, nine, 10 year olds, just very newbies. And I've been coaching for over 20 years, different different levels, different groups, you know, for the the junior, junior nationals in the States, nationals in, Austra in Australia, just everywhere. But last couple of years, I just gave it up just to do a little bit different things. But yeah, coaching to go, I love clinics. I just enjoy, probably because I enjoy talking to people and because uh, I've been doing swimming for so long, I think I have a little bit of knowledge of it and just enjoy sharing it. But yeah, I live in Bakersfield, California for six years and work with a the club there, then moved to Australia, work with Australia, Australian Crawl Swim Club in Burpengary. Excuse me, work at Chandler Swim Club for a little bit. Then I was a coaching for CQ Aqua Jets in Rockhampton for six years, I believe. And now I just help, you know, 
some small clubs here and there, but mostly work with the masters and uh, just coach myself. <laughs> and you've moved into facility management. So you've, you've kind of done everything within the aquatic industry that you can do, basically. The, well, it's maybe like evolving it a little bit. You know, you start with one thing and you go to another thing, another thing. So, but it's, I think it's how the facility manager should be. You should know absolutely everything what's, what's, you know, gets in the facility, not just uh, taking money at the, at the counter, but you need to know how to pumps are operating, how to test the water, how to treat the water, how to clean the toilets, how to coach, how to teach. Just they'll make you the best. Yeah, so your depth in, in all those areas means mm. that the way that you manage this yeah. facility here is as so, good as it can be. And we've been fortunate enough to work with Rockhampton Regional Council. We had the lease for five years, and now we have another four-year lease on that north side pool. And it's, it's been very good, really enjoying it, and uh, love what we're doing. G'day. Kia ora. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you about Ocean Fit. Back in 2009, Ocean Fit started as an ocean swim school on the golden sands of Bondi Beach. But now, we've become so much more. We deliver our world-leading training to hundreds of swimmers every summer on beaches throughout Australia, and thousands learn from our free educational resources online. Our Swim Scout directory, available on our website and app, will help you find a swim buddy, connect with social swimming groups, and discover swim events throughout the country. You can also participate in one of our events, escape with us on a wet and wild weekend, or immerse yourself on a boutique ocean swimming holiday at home or abroad. So what are you waiting for? Dive right in at oceanfit.com.au. Enjoy the rest of this episode and swim free. Your wife, Joy, who Australians might know as an Australian swimmer, Joy Simons, uh, you're a bit of a tag team, aren't you? We are. We are. We're very different. I'm just usually full of crazy ideas, and uh, she keeps me in line. She just said, "No, we don't do this. We're not doing this." So we get in arguments about that. But there's no way I would have done anything, you know, with the facilities. It wouldn't be for her, because you know, I'm a little bit uh, crazy in a way. I just want to jump from one thing to another. Whatever comes to my head, I think it's a great idea. Just go with it, and then see what happens. So she keeps me in line and uh, she's fantastic with people. She's very good. She's a presenter for the Oswim and uh, Royal Life. And uh, she loves it. She loves acting. So that's, uh, and she's very smart, which helps me because I'm more an athlete than anything else. And uh, yet we, I guess we work, some people call us a power couple. So we work very well together with that. And she was, and back to your que- the question about her being a swimmer. She was Australian national team. She went to world champs in 2000 and the world cups. Yeah, we met back in the States 2005 and been together ever since. And two beautiful kids, Cooper and Jet. Do you think they'll become swimmers? They, well, you know, they definitely love swimming. They love it. They love racing. Jet is keen to do training, which is very good. Cooper is more like, no, nah, I'd rather go do gymnastics and sing and dance. And But if it comes to the swimming, she will go and race. But she has no desire to go to training, which is, she's still doing physical activities. She just doesn't want to swim. But by saying that, she's in the pool every afternoon after school. So she's doing something. 
And if she decides she wants to train, then it's great. Then we'll help her with that. But if not, that's not a big deal. And if there's anything that swimmers know, it's that you need to train and it's just hours staring at the black line. So you can't really blame her. It is a commitment. But when you're a young kid, I think if as long as you're doing something and you, do, and you have the right coaching, not just swimming back and forward massive kilometers, but actually doing it properly, then you'll be all right. So one of these crazy ideas has actually manifested itself into a swim. <laughs> and there's two things that you've uh, created. One is the Great Keppel Island Swim. And the other one is the Keppel Island Swimming Association. Mm-hmm. So what, what came first? The, it's like a chicken and egg. Are they, were they a, a pair or is, did one start and the other one? The idea about the swim came to me. We went, we moved to Rockhampton back in 2010. And the first time we went to Great Keppel Island, I would say about a year and a half later in the fall of 2012. And at the first time I went to Keppel and I'm thinking that would be a great place to swim. You know, I found out it's 20 kilometers. I never swam open water before. And I thought, oh, it just swim around Keppel. You stand one spot, you finish the damn spot would be great, great, great place. People thought I'm crazy because, you know, there's too much. And I had the thought in my head for, what, six and a half years. Just And every time I go to Keppel, I'm just putting my head, okay, we can start here, we can swim this way, we can just... I was planning the swim for six years. And uh, then for whatever reason, I decided to do the English Channel, and that's all went through. And I swam around Keppel as a preparation for the English Channel. So I was the first person to swim around. It just happened to be the first person because Ireland was right here and I had to swim a long distance. So, and after that, I have a few friends who said, we're going to come next year and we're going to, you know, we'll, we'll do it. And then I thought, oh, maybe we can do it better than just, you know, a couple of friends. Maybe we can make it a little bit bigger. And that's where the idea of the Keppel Islands Swimming Association came. So KISA, it's it's non-for-profit organization. So an event, Swim Around Keppel, which is in August, it's the main fundraising event for KISA. And the purpose of KISA is so that all the money we're raising, the part of it goes to a traveling fund for central Queensland kids who go to open water state and nationals. And then we're going to add more as the you know organization grows. And the second part of the money goes toward the water safety campaigns, the play, Joe Road, and just to keep it water safety all around here. And a little bit of money left for the next year. So that's the that's where the Capital Island Swimming Asia came and yeah, the swim. So swim is gonna be every August, just depends on the tides. And I would like to keep it very oh, I guess we would like to keep it not massive. I'm looking at it as a, not a race, but as an event and preferably family event because we had people coming with the family staying from Thursday till Sunday or Monday, swimming Saturday morning and just enjoying very nice family holiday, really. And uh, we're going to have some events set up for the kids this, this coming year or next year, I guess, in August, so they can do something. Then possibly we'll add in the year three, add a couple of short events for the kids just to swim with the shore maybe do a couple more, just see what happens. But uh, no, and when you mention it's it's something different, you know, it just, it's, I don't know too many swims, you can start at one point and finish in the same point, you still can do 20K and 
and it's it's such a pristine beaches and it's uh just absolutely amazing place i i must admit i had never heard of great keep Island until i went you know the only one that's all right <laughs> yeah but in the 80s it was actually one of the most well-known islands in australia and get wrecked on capital get, <laughs> get wrecked on capital I, I googled it up and i found it and i read all these stories about the high flyers flying in there and big beach parties and but i guess bali and and the pacific islands and that uh, when they came in and it was easier to go there people stopped going the yeah. the resort there is or in ruins the resort is gone. Yeah, there's, there's, well, there's, a, there's a few places to stay in the capital. It's a great capital island hideaway. There's a capital village, and a few other places. So that's there's a there's a lot of things to do. It's not as uh, populated or overrun by tourists like you know a lot of an Ailey Beach, for example. So it's especially when it's not school holidays, the island is almost empty. So you can go and enjoy everything you can, but without people. Yeah, which is fantastic. Kind of rustic feel about it now, doesn't it? And the it beaches is. are still as beautiful as they ever were. Describe the swim to me and and where it goes. Because we're circumnavigating the island. Which yeah. way are we going? Uh clockwise. The reason we do a clock it's so there's a couple of reasons why we're doing it in August, because probably the best time to swim around Cap will be between May and September, or early May, late September, because of the weather. Otherwise you get too much northerly winds and just summer gets a little bit too rough and the water is too warm so the the winter it's i think it's perfect water is about 20 degrees between 18 and 20 and weather is more or less predictable so always start in the spit and going clockwise and the reason for that is because in the summer you have predominantly in the morning you have a southwesterly or southerly winds so they come from another side of the island so the first half a swim or six kilometers you're really protected by the island and then by the time you get to the backside or the deep waters, then uh, wind usually come down and the water gets calmer. And yeah, just you swim through the half and then tides, if you, if everything done correctly, you get a very good tide assistant as well. And it's a distance, like we said, a distance is 20 kilometers roughly. It could be somewhere between, you know, 20 and you can make it 48 kilometers really if you want to. If you want to swim every single beach and stay close to the shore, it's about 48 kilometers. But if you're swimming from point to point, so you know after each beach you just get to the rocks, that's about 24, 25. And if you want to make it very short, you just swim literally corner to corner. You go from you know, the Patni Point to Big Peninsula, straight to Bald Rock, and then Coconut Point, straight to the Monkey Point, and back to uh, Spit. And that's about 20 kilometers, you know, a couple of hundred meters here and there. But um, what can people expect to see when they're swimming around? Uh, as long as you see your island on the right-hand side, you go in the right direction. So it's very hard to get lost. If it's if weather is clear, like this year was, there's a lot of marine life. Obviously, coral, the coral fish, dugons, dolphins, turtles. In August, quite often, there's uh, whales and uh, whale calves coming through. There, apparently, there's some weird dolphins around too. You know, we don't use the S word. We use the weird dolphins. But uh, there are sharks in the ocean, obviously, but we're trying to do it as safe as possible. We know the protection. We have always used the fish, just advice from the you know Queensland fisheries and checking drones and a few other things. But uh, I haven't, I've been swimming there, what, for six, seven years. I haven't seen, obviously, the weird dolphins are there, but I haven't seen any. 
But it doesn't mean they're not there. And you can swim this event as a individual or a team. That's right. We're going to change. So the August event, you can do individual swim. And it's uh, the prerequisite is you had to swim 10 kilometers, like official race somewhere before. It cannot be the pool race. It's 10K up. So that's how you qualify. There's not then the only time it's we suggest if you can swim about three kilometers an hour, then you, you're fine. You're going to be okay. And there's a couple of cutoff points. You have to pass the middle of the distance before specific time. Just we want to make sure that, you know, get a tight assistant and finish the race before it gets dark. Again, for the different reasons. That's individual swim. We're going to cap it at 55 for next year. And the plan is to have the original guys who came the first year. They're going to get a little bit of head start for to register. And if they want to do it, they can do it. If they don't want to do it, then it's, you know, more people, more spaces for people who wants to, you know, try it. And for the relays, we're going to change a little bit the rules this year for the relay. You can have between three and five people in the relay and you can swim between five and 45 minutes at a time. So again, it's not really a race. It's an event. It's more introductory for the experience. And everybody I spoke to this past August just loved the relays because it was just, uh, yeah, you spend five hours with your mates on the boat going around fantastic place and just cheering for each other. So what so, kind of support do you need if you're going to swim? Uh, if you're swimming, the again, that's another different thing about the swim is if you're swimming individual race, you do not have to provide a motorized boat. You have to have a peddler and, uh, and a kayak. Someone who can handle being in the water for a very long time. Well, yeah, it's between five and seven hours. But by saying that, so we're going to have it's the kayaks for the individual swimmers. They will have about 10 or 15 jet skis as a support crew. So let's say if you're swimming and I'm your peddler, and but I only can pedal for two hours because, you know, my ass hurts or whatever it is. I'm just going to raise the arm on the, and they will bring the, the jet ski will bring a spare peddler and you'll switch. So you can do it, switch the peddlers in the middle of the race or event. You don't have to really stop. And it makes it, I think, by not, if you want to have a personal boat, motorized boat, you're more than welcome to have it, but you don't have to. And I will try to keep a cost for the swimmers down that way. Yeah, if, it makes it a lot more achievable mm, to start as a single swimmer, doesn't it? That's exactly right. And if for the relays, if you do a relay, you have to have your own boat. And I recommend, you know, if you guys are coming from sunny coast or whatever coast it is, just bring bring the boat boat here. That's all it is. Yeah, because there's a we we helped with some of the boats last year, and that's hopefully as the event goes forward, there's going to be more and more volunteers who can you know provide the boat. And again, my goal is to pick to keep the cost for the swimmers as low as possible, simply because after the event, I want them to all go and have after party, have a few drinks, and then we're going to have a silent auction for different items and more donations toward the Capital Islands Women's Association because the planet, the goal is to raise money to, you know, support the kids traveling and the water safety. So that's the, that's an idea. And the relays, we're going to keep maybe about 30. I'm not quite sure the numbers for the relays. So I don't think, but I don't want to have a massive event because then it's going to lose its uniqueness, I guess. Yeah. But we'll see, we're still working numbers. So it was last year we had 42 entries well, this year, I guess, 42 entries, but we had only 28 individuals because of COVID. So people from out of state couldn't make it. And we had two from the overseas that couldn't make it either. 
So, but this coming year, we're gonna go 55 individuals and maybe about 30 relays, and then see how that numbers go and then make some adjustments in the following years. I'm positive it's gonna it's gonna go crazy. We've got very few of the long swims, but they are getting more popular. Rotnest, uh, there's a swim now in Sydney that goes from Palm Beach all the way to Manly. There's a Gold Coast swim, Gold Coast 20K. Swim. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. That's very good. There's the long ones as well. So there's more and more. You have a lot of kilometer two or three, sometimes five, but 10, 10 and over, there's not that many. And I think it's something to do with logistics as well. You know, if you're swimming at the beach, you have to go 10K one way, 10K another way. And then you have to take in consideration the weather, the tides, the waves, you know. So that's the capital really helps with that, makes it a little bit easier with a logistic point of view because you don't have to travel. You know, if you stay in capital, you just get up in the morning, walk to the beach, you swim, finish, go straight to the pub, have the, the beer or whatever, soda water, and you don't need to drive anywhere. And even if there's no accommodation, you just stay in the mainland and you come in the morning in an early ferry, do the same thing, and then go back in the ferry. So I think from that point of view, it's just easier. So how, how did you get into long distance? Because as a 100-meter breaststroker, you've swum the channel and now you're running a 20K swim around an island. The, it's thank to, well, I don't know, should I thank him or just call him an asshole? <laughs> the Trent, if, I'm sure you guys know of Trent Grimsey. He's the fastest man who swim uh, across English Channel. I think this year it's eight years since he broke the record. Six hours, 55 minutes, I believe. And I met him first time in, back in 2013. And he just, you know, he did it 2012. So it's just fresh from the English channel and all excited. And he tried to convince me that I should do it. And I said, no way, man. You know, I'm done swimming and that's not a pool swimming. It's outdoors. You have to train. It's a cold water. No way, no way. But then slowly and slowly and slowly, I just thought, oh my, maybe, why not? That's a good challenge. It sounds like, sounds like fun in a way. Sounds very challenging and uh, yeah, just got into it a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. I do most of my training in the pool anyway. I, I go to the ocean maybe once a week, but most of the training done in the pool and a couple of cold swims and yeah. And I, but I really enjoyed it. The swimming in the ocean, the swimming is therapeutic by itself. You know, when you go to the pool, you just put your head in the water and uh, you try to just forget about everything what's going on around. So pool is great for that, except you know, have a walls and turns every so often. And the ocean, it's the same, but just better because you don't need to worry about the wall. You just swim and you swim and swim and swim. And next thing you know, you swim 30 kilometers. <laughs> so I love it, absolutely love it. And I think it's why it's so many people getting into the ocean swim just for that therapeutic reason, because there's not, it's not, again, a lot of uh, events, the open water swimming, it's not really a race or you're racing against yourself or you're challenging yourself more than anybody else. And that's the, and I think why the, most of the people who are into this sport, they're super nice. Like our friend Vlad from Sydney. They're crazy. They're absolutely <laughs> crazy, but they're super nice. And they're crazy in a nice way. And you have to be. You have to be a little bit nuts to do that. Well, you and Vlad have, this, have a, a very dark, deep accent. Dark. And you're I both as crazy as each other. <laughs> yeah, and Vlad, if you know, but Vlad actually came to Australia and he lived in Rockhampton for a few years. He used to work at the swim school where I used to work and uh, he used to coach the club as well, the Aquajets. So, so just, maybe there's uh, a little bit of influence there as well. Yeah. Well, I'm not planning to move to Sydney, so that's the, I think, 
that's yeah, too, Sydney is a little bit too big. <laughs> so what will the association and the swim look like in five years' time? What's what's that crazy idea that you've got for your five-year goal? The well. We put a goal first because I was looking at the numbers. The first idea was to get a swim up to 200 individual swimmers. But I just, I think it we're going to, we'll see how it goes with 55 and then try to get the numbers. I'm, I have no doubts that there's going to be, you know, 55 slots. People are going to take it very quick. And if I want to get a 200, there's going to be 200 people. But I don't think that's the, I, I don't think we really want to do it. Not at first. We want to make sure everything is done properly and build it slowly. So if we, can ha- if we can have it in five years' time, have 100 swimmers and let's say 50 relays coming every year and everything's done perfect, that'll be very good. Then we'll raise more money. Another thing is to, another plan is to introduce another swim, which will be more on the coast around Yipun, Emu Park, as again, as an introductory to the open water swim and have it short events. It could be qualifier for the swimmer on Capel. And we're going to, not push, but I guess advertise or push, maybe it is push, a little bit of uh, solar swims as well. So it's similar to, you know, if you go on Swim English Channel, you have to qualify and uh, it costs a little bit more money. But for that, you're going to come to Capital, you choose the week or four days in the year, whatever you want to come over. We would recommend between, you know, early May and late September. But if you want to try it in uh, summer, well, we'll try to accommodate it, just depends on the weather. And we'll provide you with a boat, with a peddler, with, you know, tips, a little bit of training and uh, do the solo swim and just just different. And another plan is to have a couple of uh, camps, warm or not too cold water camps through the year. And the first one is going to come this coming June, either first or second weekend of June, just working on some logistics. But yeah, the plan is to just to grow it and... Uh, get more people to the area to travel to central Queensland and especially locals introduce locals to the ocean swimming. Cause there's not many of them. No, not too many. And I think it's just more a culture here and there, you know, there's, you have a quite a lot of triathletes who would swim a little bit and the footy is very popular, but not ocean swim, uh, but it's all right. Well, uh, slowly, slowly going to work in it and see what happens. So the Keppel Islands are becoming a breeding ground for long distance open water swimming. I wouldn't call it breeding ground, but it's going to be, I'm just enjoying it. I mean, the main reason I'm doing it because I I'm loving it and I'm having fun with it. And I think that's another reason I don't want to have it swim too big because if it's too big. Then you just get too many problems, too many people, too, too, too much of everything. I'd rather keep it a little bit smaller and more enjoyable and I'll see what happens. And then, uh, you know, people like yourself can bring your crew for the camps or swims or whatever. That'd be great. It'll be good for, I think it's not just good for the open water swim or for Capital Island Swimming Association. It's just good for region. You know, if we, if we, if we brought about 100 people in August who've never been here before and they all want to come back and they want to not just see the island, but they want to experience or travel around the region. It just brings the tourism up a little bit, you know, more money to the, to the area. Everybody win. Thanks for your time, Val. Uh, so interesting <laughs> that's story right. and I just love your passion I'm sure you're busting to get out on your jet ski and buzz around the island again. I would love to yeah but it's just the season with the pool a little bit busy well today is windy so maybe if I finish on my office work then maybe I'll get out for a couple hours while Joy is not here so don't tell her <laughs> <laughs> thanks for your time that's right thanks Andre thanks Andre